The 905 Drew Everywhere, this is Schwab Wars. Hello everyone, my name is Adam Hayes, and on this week's episode, we are back for another special one-on-one interview where I get to be joined by someone amazing uh, from the Ontario Independent roster, be able to sit with them, chat with them about their career, their highs, their lows, and in this case, this man always has highs. Uh, joining me tonight for this exclusive interview is a man who, I've traveled, who has traveled across this province perfecting his craft, whether he is doing, quote, boy band shit in six-man tag action for PWO, or carving people up with gusset plates in New Frontier, he is always giving it us all in every match that he possibly has. He's a graphic designer, a father, and will be the special guest commentator for New Frontier's King of Combat Tournament on February 17th. Please welcome the highest of high flyers, the Duke of Dope, and Windsor's greatest export, PD Skills. How's it going, man? Ooh, ooh. When that one comes out, I'm going to have to just save that one and work that one into my music, just the whole thing, and eliminate people uh, introing me from now on. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. How are you doing today, man? I can't complain. Uh, definitely, uh, as you said, just got done doing some boy band shit over the weekend with the boys, retaining the PWO titles, and, uh, you know, another injury-free weekend, so can't complain. I was going to say, that that's always the plus. When you walk out of the weekend and you have no scars and... No bumps or bruises, no injuries. Sometimes, like I don't mind scars. I just uh, no injury, no no um, no injuries that weren't self-inflicted, so to speak. That must have been very interesting too in the dynamic, and just kind of like pulling back the curtain a little bit here too. Like, of course, PWO, you're tagging with Tyler Arrow, and then in the last year of like 2023, you and him were beating the crap out of each other in New Frontier. Yeah, there was a slight crossover, and uh, of. Uh, the the stories that the promotions had to tell and the ways that other ones had to pivot and uh what worked in one place was counter to what was working in another and uh now now that uh me and arrow have put the blood behind us it's easier to be aligned in other places too Uh, absolutely what do you think is actually easier for you at least in your opinion just now that you pretty much have been working with him like all of 2023 for the most part in different different companies um would you rather be against him or would you rather be tagging with him honestly it's all it's all the same because like we either get to make uh, like make art together against each other in a two-person collaboration or we just get to chum it up and like it's it sounds silly but even though like the little moments on the apron when you're you know when you're in a tag team and you're just chumming it up or whatever you know i I don't have a preference i like both Uh, you know he brings out a different side of me in both situations which is interesting too because like you're normally known as like a singles wrestler so like you a part of like a tag team to me is like just like intriguing and stuff like that too is there like as someone who's been doing this for a while now as well, like, do you find that with tag team wrestling, it's a whole nother dynamic. Some people say like they're only strictly tag team wrestlers. Do you find it easier for yourself to kind of flip back and forth or is it just come with the territory? Not only is tag team wrestling a completely different beast than singles matches, trios just, it ups it. Like soon as you start getting into these like matches with six wrestlers, like I knew when I took a break from wrestling and I came back that like, Big multi-man matches became more popular uh, as, for sub companies as a way to get more names on the shows. But for other companies, it's matches like these. The trios, you know, trios uh, has become quite popular, that style. And uh, it, it's different because there's so many moving parts. Like, it's, it, they both have their advantages. Like, as far as, like, yeah, I could walk out of a trios match and 
be less beat up maybe, but mentally I'm like all over the place because I, I got to be in different spots. Right. Fair enough. You mentioned a good uh, thing actually to kind of segue into in there. You did actually take a little bit of a break um, from your career before actually coming back into the world of professional wrestling. Um, for the people who, you know, might not be in the know and stuff like that, who are just, you know, seeing PD skills over the last couple of years and your, you know, resurgence to the world of independent wrestling. Um, why did you step away for a little bit? Well, uh, predominantly because I did a lot of hardcore wrestling. Um, I'd, I've been subject to a lot of concussions um, and I was having a kid. And at that time, it was one of those I'd rather be safe than sorry things. And uh, I kept good on my promise. I, you know, I uh, I stayed away until my kid no longer needed me to carry her. Hmm. Do you find that um, now being a father, like your dynamic of thinking about yourself wrestling has changed a little bit? Like how you treat yourself in a match, like going into things or things that you would be normally willing to do in the past compared to now? Uh, I would, I'd, I'd like to think so in certain regards as far as like, cause my matches now are a lot more like some of them, some of them are a lot more violent than they used to be, but it's done more intelligently and with more intent. And like, it's just a different way of keeping myself safe. Okay. Do you think one day that's your, uh, your daughter, correct? Yep. Do you think one day your daughter's going to sit down and watch some of your matches or? So actually just recently for the oh. first time, uh, my daughter who's, she's 11. And then my stepdaughter who's 18 and okay. my girlfriend all came to a show. Now my girlfriend's seen me wrestle before, but this is the first time the kids had come to see me wrestle my stepdaughter and my daughter. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they both want to go like to a lot more shows now. Interesting. Very nice. And is that mostly just like, you know, the normal, you know, pro wrestling wrestling, or is this like you, you know, getting gusset plates and stabbing Jesse Monty in the head kind of wrestling? Uh, you know, I don't think <laughs> that I'm going to have, so I already know that my girlfriend is not into that shit, which is funny because she's a nurse, but when oh. it comes to that stuff, she no interest like and especially and she doesn't like to work on people she knows so like if i bust myself up like it's just not an option like okay. so it's like, not like yeah. you can come home and be like honey i need a stitch like it's just no 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 i'm just like she's more likely to be like put a ba- put a band-aid on it and i'll drive you to the hospital i'm not taking care of you like and that's fair play <laughs> she, she has to do that all day for people right so i mean completely fair play fair enough fair enough um you mentioned something very interesting too that the dynamic of you wrestling has changed. Like you still do the hardcore stuff, even some more violent stuff than you have in the past, but now you're kind of looking at it of a different light and a different aspect. Do you think that comes because of your experience in the realm of hardcore wrestling? Or do you think that's just things that you're just having to alter because of things like, you know, your age or because of, you know, the family life and stuff like that? I think honestly, it's a combination of all of it. You know, the way I look at it from, uh, you know, needing to be able to work uh, a regular job and take care of my family perspective from an experience perspective, because I know I don't need to go do as much as I thought I did, because you can only you can only really take in so much. So sometimes you got to remember to kind of pace yourself and, you know, if it's not going to be important and if people aren't going to remember it, like, why are you doing it? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you've had some wars 
like I said, over the last like couple of years, at least that I have personally witnessed for myself in New Frontier specifically, of course. Um, most recently, you and Jesse Amato, you know, just kicked the other one like crap out of each other back in December. Um, <laughs> do you find like when it comes to doing hardcore wrestling now that you would rather be in the ring with people who are accustomed to that style? Or do you find it more of a fun little challenge where it's people like they'll dabble into hardcore, but, you know, they're not really necessarily known for that? You know what? I love throwing down with someone who loves to do hardcore as much as I do and is as is as experienced as I am in it. But I also love mixing it up with people that don't do hardcore at all. Um, I'll go back to the uh, uh, the second and third No Ring North shows that were for a live crowd. I uh, I wrestled Kobe Durst and then I wrestled Carter Mason, and uh, they didn't bleed a drop of blood. But this was a No Ring Death Match show, and uh, I could argue that both nights in a row that most would say that they were match of the night when you encompass what is pro wrestling and you inject it in that environment. So, I mean, either way, I, it doesn't matter. I like because there's some I get like there's people and I, you know, I'm not going to spoil it because there are people out there on the Ontario scene that you would never think would do a hardcore match or a death match. But have said to me, like, I'll do one with you skills because like well, I, I not, can do, do that with people. Well, now you got to, you know, I'm going to ask. Like, what well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know, like, off the air. But, like, oh, I'm not okay. going to – I don't want to drop okay. these names on the air and give out, you know, what could happen in the future. Okay. I see. Potential things that might remain may or may not happen inside the ring. Gotcha. understand. There you go. Okay. Um, and, again, speaking of going, you know, in the ring recently with Jesse Amato, of course, you know, good friend of mine, piece of shit in real life, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, of course, he's been known for his professional wrestling style as well, the death match and the traveling, stuff like that. And that's something that you have actually started doing a little bit more of yourself, well, not only just traveling a lot more around Ontario, but I believe also diving into Michigan area and, like, going into the United States and doing yeah. some wrestling as well. Um is this just because that you're wanting just to kind of expand and see how much more farther, like, are you feeling like you've done all you can in Ontario or do you feel like there's still more untapped potential within the province? So, I mean, like before I took my break, I had already wrestled in the States quite frequently. I used to wrestle for XICW on the regular and uh, I used to go over there with Bill Scullion a lot. Uh, So that's how I'd gotten over there. And I traveled there quite a bit. And as far as going back there now, I mean, obviously there's rules that uh, make it a little bit more difficult. But uh, honestly, it's just because I want to do more deathmatch stuff and there's a bigger scene for it there. There isn't a there isn't really a scene for deathmatch stuff in Canada. So when you say it's a little bit more difficult, can you kind of give us a little bit of insight as to what that might be? Well, I mean, it's, you know, wrestling's a job. Wrestling's work. And from the from the state's uh, standpoint, uh, if you don't got a green card, <laughs> you don't have a visa or you don't have, you know, you don't have your paperwork. You're not supposed to be over there working. Fair enough. Um, do you find it harder for wrestlers getting across the border when it comes to maybe being a deathmatch wrestler compared to, like, just doing a normal singles one-on-one because like I, I we've heard the stories about you know in the past like people like josh alexander and stuff like that like they get stopped at the border because they find their gear and stuff like that too like with deathmatch wrestlers like 
not saying you're bringing all your paraphernalia across the border, but I'm assuming you'd like to be able to bring a couple of things with you. Do you I'm, bringing that, none, I'm bringing none of it. And if I need to bring something at the end of the day, I'll just put a toolbox in my trunk because like, what's, <laughs> what's the harm of having a toolbox in the trunk? <laughs> a paint, you know, have a paint roller in there, a glue gun, you know, a hammer, some nails, a couple gusset plates, you know, in case I need to bend some stuff. And, uh, you know, that's all the ingredients I need to cook a new one up when I get across the border. Yeah. Speaking of which, actually, too, these gusset plates. First of all, I'm I've been following independent wrestling and professional wrestling a very long time. And the whole gusset plate thing has been like a new thing that has, at least in my opinion, come around in deathmatch wrestling scene in like probably like what the last like five, six, seven years yeah, yeah, it, uh, it started to pop a little bit just before probably the pandemic as far as popularity of them, I would say, like in my in my opinion. And then, uh, yeah, they just they just became popular. They're they're vicious, like they, they they guaranteed blood every time. Well, that's what I mean. It's like one of the most like inconceiving weapons that you would think of, like just the small, flat kind of ish that when you're looking at it on the surface level of like some smart like flat level piece of steel and then all of a sudden it gets stuck to somebody's head and then it removes and then boom niagara falls of blood yeah the first time i seen one i was like no no fucking not not a fucking chance <laughs> really <laughs> yeah no 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 this is stupidity and then one day i like you know i i grabbed a loose one and i you know put it on my arm and i start slapping it around a little bit and uh you know, slapping it against my arm, being like, well, how bad could it be if I did this? Okay, well, that's how bad it was in my arm. It was that bad in my arm. I'm like, honestly, how bad is it going to be in the face? And then I was like, all right, well, I, I think I think I could do this on the regular. <laughs> on the, I was going to say, I like how you went from no effing way I'm doing this completely to, you know what, I got to spare one of these. Let me just... Yeah, on my arm a couple of times, see what happens. Oh yeah, death, uh, uh, death proof tournament. You were, kid, you were that kid growing up, you're like that electric kind fence. It can't be that bad. Like, what you what know, if I touch it? At the end of me and uh, Jesse Mack and Neil, and Neil Diamond Cutter, we each drove a gusset plate into each other's chest as a sign of respect at the end of the match. Yes, I I do remember that. I uh, <laughs> I remember being there and calling the action for that. Uh, so I, I went from hell no, there's no way I'm fucking with those things to doing stupid shit like that. My goodness. Um, I mean, like I said before, Gusset Plate is one of the most inconceiving weapons in professional wrestling. What's one of those ones where it's just like, you know, it, it looks like a bitch, but it doesn't hurt at all? Oh, fuck. But here's the thing is, like, don't give me an entrance. Just, like, hit me with one of those. Any, hit me with any of them in the street, and I think they all suck. Like, okay. there's a reason. Like, there's a reason, but, like, in the moment, it's hard for me to say that because, like, when the adrenaline's pumping, a lot of them just all feel the same. But, like, you know, I think about it where I'm like, oh, you know, first time I took thumbtacks, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You know, it sucks. It's thumbtacks. It really is. But your adrenaline's going. So, like, it, it doesn't seem that bad in the moment. But if you ask me right now to, like, you know, jump into a pile of thumbtacks, that fucking sucks. <laughs> So it all depends on just the adrenaline's going and stuff like that, which is, you know, a very common thing that you hear with professional wrestlers, like that adrenaline's going, you hear the crowd, you're going, you're doing everything, like you're just like, okay, you know what, you feel kind of invincible. When is that? If I had to throw a weapon under under the fucking bus, it'd probably be tables and doors, like, 
Because, like, I would prefer a table or door fall than a floor fall. I mean, yeah, that, that's fair enough. I'd rather go through something like that after being put through a couple of tables myself. I would tend to agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, though, when it comes to just, like, wrestling and stuff like that, too, is, like, how much has wrestling now altered your perception of what the younger generation is wanting to do inside the ring. Cause again, let's be honest, you've been doing this for a while and you've seen a lot of wrestlers, not just here locally in Ontario, but just around Canada and whatever come and go. And I'm just kind of curious as to what you think the dynamic is of independent wrestlers and the new crop of generation coming in and their mentality towards the business. And this is something that differed from you when you first got in. So, What's good about wrestling now is variety. I mean, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, uh, you know, you can always tell which kid came from which camp or which school in the area just, you know, by the way they work or, you know, who they hang around with or whatever it is. But what's nice now is there's such a variety in style in wrestling where I find at uh, when I like when I had my first run, so to speak. Uh, you know, TNA was just becoming, uh, you know, bigger and ROH was really popping off. And uh, that style was like, God, one of the first companies I debuted and even had an X division championship. It's just those the ROH TNA type style of wrestling was very embedded into the Ontario indie scene and with good cause because of the people that from Ontario that were involved in it. But now it's almost like with more Internet capability and sharing and networking that there's more every like every young guy i see come out is different and has a different style now where it's not so it's not plain it's not boring to me you would almost think too like in the sense like a lot of the younger styles that i see it's more of like that hybrid style where it's not like one person's known for like oh this is the power guy like this guy's really good at like submission style this guy's you know your your high flyer this is whatever you know what i mean like I feel like everyone nowadays is like almost expected to be able to do a little bit of everything or else a promoter is not going to be able to look at them the right way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I like, cause I came up at a time where like it was the same main event at like every indie show across like five promotions all the time or one of two, like, or like take three wrestlers and interchange them. And those are your main events. And so everybody thought that was the style they had to do in order to get there. So everybody was doing that style. And now it's just so much different. Like you've got, you know, your pure, like, I guess, like Josh Alexander, you know, coming out of Canada. You got a martial arts guy like a Mike Bailey coming out of Canada, uh, you know, and that's that speaks variety. Mm-hmm. Um, with the new crop of talent that is coming in, of course, you know. We've talked before, like, you know, Tyler Arrow, of course, you know, having a little bit of a situation with him in the past and stuff like that. Of course, now you guys are just boy band shit, best buddies. Um, and of course, you know, and, and even before that as well, you uh, you wrestling with your, um, your quote unquote son, uh, that Kyle as well. Um, is there any other like, you know, younger generation stars that you like here in Ontario or maybe even just ones that maybe we don't even get the chance to see because of you being well-versed and traveled lately um, that you do have your eye on be like, you know what? This, this kid's got something. So I just did a trios match against empire. Uh, I definitely want to run back a solo, like a singles with, uh, 
with Grant. I think that'd be dope. I think there's some chemistry to be had there. Okay. Uh, if the opportunity presents itself, I also would love to wrestle a Travis Moore. That would be dope. Mm. Uh, I think that's another one that I could have a lot of fun with and he could really let loose. Uh, and honestly, uh, at some point, I like, even if for the sake of competition, I, I got to wrestle Mike Forte at some point. Uh, you know, the focus of my, uh, my versing them seemed to be mostly with arrow. So, you know, I, I'd love to just grapple up with him. I want to run it back with, uh, Aiden Prince again. That would be nice, even though that's one I've already done. And, uh, there's a couple on the list that y- you wouldn't expect. And, uh, honestly, I'm going to, I'm probably going to be calling out the next year. So, I'm going to leave those ones because I, th- I think these are these are attainable ones that are going to happen. Very fair. Very I mean, fair Travis Moore, I mean, Travis Moore and Matt Grant are attainable, but those are ones I really want, and they're just me throwing out ideas. The other ones, I'm like, you know, I don't think people are going to see this coming, and I think it's coming, and I think it's time. So stay tuned to that, and uh, Adam will have a special interest in it. I promise. Okay. All right, well, now you definitely got my interest in that for 100% too, and you heard it here, well, sort of here first here at Schwal Wars. Um, let's talk about, like, you going back to the very, very beginning, kind of like just putting it, you know, running it back for a second like that. When it comes to your training and what you had to do to get into the business, um, walk us through, like, your very first day of getting into the business and what you see now from your first day as a rookie and how the locker room has changed dramatically. Cause I know for myself speaking, when I first got in back in 2006 and like doing, you know, putting up the ring and then starting with music before eventually getting into ring announcing the locker room etiquette has vastly changed from 2006 to 2024, at least from my side of the fence. So I'm very curious to see from your side as well, especially for someone who had a bit of a break, if you found the very same thing as well, like take us back to you getting into wrestling for the very first time and like your very first opportunity to locker room and how much that dynamic has changed from then to what it is now. So um, for me, like, like I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, even before I started training for wrestling, I used to, you know, I used to set up ring. I was, you know, paying dues in the sense that way. Uh, with uh, Border City Wrestling, so setting up the ring for Scott, you know, doing security, teardown, whatever needed to be done, selling tickets, all that. And uh, I didn't actually end up training in Windsor. Uh, to be completely honest, at the time, I was young. I was on my own. It wasn't really affordable to me. I ended up training with uh, somebody out of Chatham named uh, Shooter Sean Brown, if anybody's heard of him. Uh so I was traveling out there a little bit, and to be honest, like it's I don't I don't hold this back from anybody. I technically never got my green light back in the day. Now my trainer said, "Oh, we're putting you on our next show," and then that show never happened. Uh, so I was just like, "Screw it, I'm going to go out there and try and get booked." And it took me a while, and then uh, you know finally got it to happen. But to answer the next question about like you know that first day in the locker room. Uh, my first day in the locker room was really, really uncomfortable because I worked for a company called PWX and they had a pro division and an X division. This is, and this is what I was telling you about where, you know, 
that popularity of TNA where some people would even uh, go as far as to copy that idea. And the problem is, is that a lot of the people that were in that X division were all either newly trained, completely untrained or, you know, question marks. And, uh, you know, when that's half of the locker room, the other half of the locker room that's probably paid their dues can tell you exactly where they trained. Uh, they weren't too happy about it at the time. So it was uh, it was definitely a very weird locker room dynamic. I would say out of a lot of the people that were in that quote unquote division, I was the first one to kind of um, I don't want to say break out, but kind of break in to, you know, favor with the other guys that had been around and doing it for a longer time. Okay. Sorry. I thought you were going to continue with your thought there for a second. I don't know. Take a breath. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, one thing I did want to remiss, and if I would be before we get into some of our fan questions and uh, do some one-word uh, association, which is always a whole lot of fun here on the podcast, I did bring his name up in the past, and I would again, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, what is with the that Kyle shit? Like, how the hell are still people? Even, I had legitimate people still at the last show coming up and asking about you and him being father and son and stuff like that. And I, I don't understand the dynamic of where that came from or why that even happened or people even still believing that it's actually true. I know you're not going to actually say that it's not true or if it is true because you know, you're going to live it. And I understand that, but at least tell me about the dynamic about living with the notion that some people actually think you're related to that guy. Uh, well, I mean, it just kind of happened very naturally and, uh, you know, spur of the moment. I was part of his gimmick. You know, he was looking around during the pandemic, looking around for his dad. Uh, and, I, you know, I just thought it'd be funny during a match to yell out to him. Like, cause you know, sometimes there's those times in matches where you don't know what to do or you don't know what to say next. Maybe you're a little lost. So I usually fill those spots with words and I was like, Hey, I'm your real dad. And just coincidentally, I don't know like what had happened to him during the match, but he ran over to the trash can and he threw up like legit. And it just kind of stuck and uh, became like a, became a joke. And then it kind of, when we got in front of a a live crowd resurfaced because I pulled out a bat, I pulled out a belt and like basically asked them, you guys want to see some daddy shit? And I beat him up with a belt which is kind of why we did the strap match down the road. Cause that's where it all started for us. And, you know, the crowd started chanting, you're his dad now. And then, you know, I went to courage pro wrestling and they started chanting Kyle's dad. And I'm like, all right, sometimes, you know, no matter how ugly the fuck a bull is, you fucking grab it and you ride it. I mean, that's not very nice to say that about that Kyle being an ugly bull, but be that as it may. Situation is an ugly bull. Oh, I, okay. I, the situation got it. Okay. Yeah, the uh, dynamic and the 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 story and whatever. I mean, Kyle's a handsome bull. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who are definitely handsome is uh, the listeners here over at Wall Wars, which of course they were able to send some questions over at our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Wall Wars. They were sent some uh, privately and then also in the comments section. So this should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, are you ready? I am absolutely ready. 
All right, I got to get this one out of the way first, just because I have no idea what the hell this means, but I'm sure you might. Uh, Wade from Dunville, Ontario asks, how is Gus doing? So Gus is the paint roller. If well, you that's must the name know. of the paint roller. Yes, Gus, like Gus okay. at play. Yes, actually named by Wade. Wade actually named it Gus, and it kind of stuck. Uh, and actually, Gus the second is a little injured right now and needs some work done. But, uh, you know, high spirits, still looking purple and green, and uh, no complaints. We'll get her fixed up. So I like how, you know, Xavier Woods has his trombone and you have your paint roller full of Gus and things. Yeah, it's Gus. Gus. All right, well, a little bit of trivia knowledge there. Of course, the Wanderer, Wade Allen, uh, naming Gus. Very original. All right, uh, Justin from Gilmy Talks Podcast asks, what is your worst fan interaction? My worst fan interaction? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think I have a bad fan interaction personally. Like, I can remember one time at a PWA Extreme event when Rip Impact was in the ring and some drunk fans tried to get in and I had to go in and whoop some ass, which is, you know, a bad interaction maybe for the fan but like i honestly like i'm a good i'm a good vibes only guy when it comes to the fans like i don't really like like there's people like i get it there are fans who get out of hand with certain wrestlers or you know overstep boundaries but i don't i don't have that issue like i'm i'm usually out in the parking lot to have a good time to have a party with the fans i don't give a shit I, I don't have bad fan interactions. I, I honestly can say that, and I, I love that I can say that. Yes, you are definitely one of the most fan-friendly uh, wrestlers that people will be able to meet, especially, you know, as you said before, out in the parking lot uh, doing some recreationals. Um, Rory from Mill, from Mill Crew Wrestling Media, um, big shout-out to him. He's a big fan of the podcast, uh, has a two-part question. His first part is, what is your favorite apparatus to toke from? Oh, I'm going to sound like such an old man, but uh, just a nice, nice, nice piece of paper. I'm a joint guy. All right. I, I'm a joint guy. But I mean, if we had to go like with an actual apparatus, usually it's just because it's for funsies. So, I mean, I like a gas mask for fun or something stupid like that or a bucket. A bucket's fun. OK, see, for the people who actually smoke, they completely understand this conversation. As me as the straight edge guy here, I have no idea how the fuck you smoke from a bucket. <laughs> so a bucket, a bu- so doing a bucket is basically you fill a bucket up with water and you cut the bottom off of a pop bottle and you turn the top into like your pipe end, right? And then you light that up and you slowly pull the bottle up and the vacuum from the water sucks the smoke in and then you unscrew the top and you inhale and basically it's smoking a Thule full of smoke all right well there you go uh some chemistry 101 here with pd skills i know <laughs> i'm surprised you never got into like actually like having your own shop and stuff like that too uh you know what it's that's uh, a lot of money and i spent a lot of my life having to hide it from the man <laughs> i'm not helping to make money off of it i Fair mean enough. i guess i am with my purchases but I'm not working I thought you were going to say, like, you spent a lot of money or spent a lot of time in indie wrestling, so you didn't have a lot of money. But I would have understood yeah, that answer, too. Same thing. Uh, second part of this question, uh, let's see if you can be able to do this one. Rate your top five catch wrestlers of all time. Oh, God. Yeah. 
I mean, of course, yeah, uh, Mulgrew Wrestling Media, he's a huge fan of British Japanese wrestling with that catches catch can style and yeah, stuff. So, but here's the thing is like, I would consider Bret Hart a catch wrestler. Okay. Like when you when you think of like when you think of the style essentially, and I'm honestly I'm more of a North American you know based person, so you're you're gonna catch me going with more like you know the Bret Hart's, the Finleys, Norman Smiley's. Norman Smiley's a weird one for me to throw in there. No, uh, Norman Smiley's great. No no issues there. Yeah, like yeah, I, and honestly, I'd have a hard time on on the spot to do a top five and actually be fair. I can't. I can't. Okay, I mean that's fair enough. Rory, sorry about that. We'll have to get another guest in the future who uh, knows a little bit more of that, and you can ask that question again, I'm sure, because he probably well, It's not about not knowing it. It's about being able to say, well... Well, like, of course. What... But if I were to switch it up and say, okay, name your top five ECW wrestlers of all time. Uh, even that, to put it in a top five, like I, I'd have to, you'd have to give me time to narrow it out of a top eight. Ah, oh, come on, man. Of course, you, you were a part as well as uh, Jesse Amato and that Kyle. Uh, back over it. You can go back, by the way, in the archives, anchor.fm slash yeah, podcast. Didn't we have to get on the same page about certain things? We did. And you didn't. Now you don't have to. It's just literally like your personal top five now. And that's and But that's what I mean. We had to we had to come to terms on the top. If it's all up to me, then I like I mean, obviously, I'm going to put Rob Van. Dam, I would put Rob Van Dam up there on that one. But like, again, yeah. like, you know, that's an easy one for me. And then Taz, probably. Uh, RVD, high high flyer like yourself yeah yeah low rvd is he was just he was super cool and then taz like i just loved his suplexes and you can even see that influence in some of my wrestling oh 100 uh, short stocky guy that likes to throw a suplex and then rhino just because he was a detroit guy like but then that like see and then i'm like oh but what about you know mikey whipwreck that dude was heart and soul and what about tommy dreamer see so it's hard for me and what about sandman what about yeah okay all right, fair enough. Uh, Matt from Toronto, he asked a two-part question. What is your least favorite city you've ever wrestled in and why? Least favorite city I've ever wrestled in and why? I mean, well, well you know what? I'll switch up as, with this question. As well. I hope Matt doesn't mind as well, too. I, I'd like to hear your best and worst, actually, with this. Uh, best city, I would probably say, was St. Thomas. I used to love wrestling out there uh, when I was younger. It was just a good crowd. Uh, it was a bar crowd, but, uh, you know, it was a good time. So I would say St. Thomas was probably uh, my favorite. Up there with Tilsonburg, because Tilsonburg's were a lot of my early career and early moments were. But let's get back to that worst one, because who do I want to who do I want to put this on? It, it's, it's almost because, like. I don't even want to put it on a city. I want to put it on a street. Oh, I thought you were going to put it on a promotion for a second. I was really starting to be like, what? what? Uh, no, 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 no. We're going to go with. Okay. I love me some Hamilton. Okay, guys. I love you. But keep me off Barton. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I mean, I personally agree. I think Hamilton is the armpit of Ontario. That's just my personal opinion. But. <laughs> I, I love uh, don't don't listen to Adam. I love you guys. Uh, I love Hamilton. Hamilton's been great to me for wrestling. Uh, <laughs> thanks for supporting boy band shit. Buy my shirts. Yeah, uh, wait for the merch vlog. <laughs> Barton, but Barton, keep me up, Barton. All right, there you go. Uh, second part of his question: uh, What crowd is the most fun to be in front of? 
Americans or Canadians? You know what? I'd have to say Canadians. Okay. It's honestly like, and it's, you know, it's just that vibe about a Canadian wrestling crowd. Like even when you watch like, you know, uh, televised product like WWE and AEW and, you know, others in the past, you know, when they're in Canada, you know, when they're in Canada, Canada is bizarro land for wrestling. And it's just a different beast. Like, Anything outside of anything, honestly, I think America has the most bland wrestling crowds. Really interesting. Canada's bizarro land. You know, Japan's got, you know, it's more about respect. So it's a different kind of crowd reaction. You get your European crowds where they kind of mix in a lot of like uh, a lot of football culture and, uh, you know, that crowd interaction. It's, yeah, America is very like, boo, yeah chant your name chant your name <laughs> all right there you go chris uh from mississauga he's our last and final question of the evening what do you see as your next goal or milestone to achieve in wrestling and what will you do to make that happen uh i want to go to europe and i will beg and do unquestionable things in order to achieve said goal okay well you won't be able to hide your two box going across the Across the pond to be able to pull that one off, but no, I'll I'll ask uh, you know maybe I'll mail one over <laughs> in pieces, <laughs> in pieces, in pieces. Hey, you know what? If you did that, turn that into a video series. That would that'd be fantastic. So. Yeah. All right. Well, those were our questions. Of course, big thank you to all of our fans that were able to submit those. Of course, over on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/WallWars. Um, and of course, we're, before we get out of here, I would be remiss if we didn't do a little fun, quick game of word association. So, of course, you can give me a one-word answer, you can give me a whole sentence, a story, whatever your uh, your mind comes to when it comes to this. All right. All right. And this is also is not just limited to the world of professional wrestling, just to kind of make things a little bit more interesting as well. Okay, so our first uh, name that I'm going to be throwing out to you uh, is someone that you have shared the ring with. We've talked about it already here on the podcast and someone that you, uh, well, Gus adopted with Gus, shall we say. Should be its own little talk show right there. Uh, the one and only Jesse Eponimato. Uh, Crazy. Just flat out yeah, crazy. He's crazy in, in, every, in every aspect. And, uh, you know, as a wrestler, the way his mind works, crazy. Okay. Uh, next name up on the list is uh, someone who is highly regarded here at Ontario Independent Wrestling uh, when it comes to just the world of hardcore and has done a lot for the business and, of course, having his own promo- promotion. Uh, Death Proof Zone, Warhead. Uh, how come? Okay. How come? All right, fair enough. Uh, next question, or sorry, next question. Next name on the list uh, is someone who <laughs> has pays his way, paved his way in professional wrestling in his own way, uh, mostly by showing his dick in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, but doesn't really wrestle that much anymore. But he is, of course, everyone's uh, favorite sexy man. Uh, of course, Quebec's own sexy Eddie. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's a riot. Uh, it's hard to have a bad time when he's around. I feel like you got a good story the way that you were saying that there. No, he just, I've honestly, on the few occasions that I actually have met him and interact with him, he just makes me laugh. He's, he's, he's a good time. You know, both sides of the curtain, he's, he's a party. That's all. 
Okay. Next up on the list is the current reigning and defending New Frontier Grand Champion, the Canadian bad boy, Tyler Hill. Uh, respect. I got a lot of that for uh, a lot of that for Tyler. I've watched him grow over the years as a wrestler, as a person, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of that guy and have more respect for him. I hope he gets, you know, I hope he gets his due in this business that not a lot of people do. And I really do hope that for him because, you know, he's worked hard. He's, you know, he's tried to put in the miles and uh, he's a good person. Okay. Uh, someone who unfortunately is no longer with us and that we actually recently lost uh, over the last few months was uh, someone who I worked with very, very closely in Death Proof when it comes to Salvation. And then, of course, uh, we also knew him as Cranio X here in New Frontier. He was the first New Frontier Grand Champion, uh, the walking tyrant, of course, Rob Rage. Uh, huge. It'd be the first, uh, you know, word that would come to mind and not just you know, physically, but like as a personality, you know, you gave him that microphone and you let him say whatever the fuck he wanted to say. And, you know, he just had a big personality. Okay. Uh, next thing that I'm going to be asking you right now is a bit of strange topic, but of course you, you mentioned it off the top, well, not off the top, but at one point in this conversation, uh, next is the Canadian government. You know what? I mean, uh... <laughs> The government is a broad spectrum. Uh, you know, I'm not a very political person. There's a lot of people that make the government move. I don't associate the government with uh, the one, you know, the one douchebag that might help uh, run that facility. But uh, you know what? Anytime, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to live in the country I do. There, you're never going to make everybody happy. So when it comes to government, you know, you're never. I mean. No one's ever going to be happy, you know, so it is what it is. That's, you know, that's how I feel about government. It's I don't get mad at them. I understand everybody's like, oh, fuck the government. There's good people that work for the fucking government. There's asshole leaders. But I mean, I got no beef with the fucking government. Yeah. But if Justin Trudeau decides to ever get back into boxing and is looking for an opponent, you're, you you know. Oh, get fucked like 100 percent. But. <laughs> Oh, very, very nice. Very nice. Okay, and uh, last name up, we're going to be saying here, um, just ending it off with word association, uh, running it back here. You've already said a few nice words about him. Let's see if you can continue the trend. Uh, that Kyle. Uh, that Kyle is <laughs> he's a fucking little bastard, uh, but you know what? He makes me smile. He makes me laugh. Uh, you know, I've appreciated getting to see him grow and being part of that. Uh, you know, he's just got to stop, uh, you know, stop stripping in the States. Stop stripping. Oh my God. I, I don't even think I even know that story, but okay. <laughs> you know, I've seen, the, I've seen the pictures or whatever outside the KFCs and stuff, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he eggs out those KFC parking lots and one of these days I'm going to catch him in one, but. <laughs> All right. Well, that, of course, was word association with, of course, the one and only PD Skills. Uh, Skills, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to have this conversation. Of course, we've had you on the podcast in the past for trivia and, of course, at our tier list. But be able to have this one on one with you, at least for myself, I've had a whole lot of fun being able to do this. And I hope you have as well. Uh, um, yeah. I was wondering if before we get out of here and we, you know, do our socials and everything, um, I like to kind of give this um, little last little segment called last 
last last words so in other words just like things that you want to be able to leave with the audience not even just like you know a funny quip or something like that but just more importantly like there's a lot of independent wrestlers who especially young guys who do listen to this podcast so maybe if there's any kind of advice that you want to be able to leave the youngins with or just something like some words of wisdom from the one and only pd skills we would love to be able to hear it right now um i will my my parting words will be by the end of 2024, okay, I will be recognized as Canada's best deathmatch wrestler, bar fucking none. And if that bothers anybody, kiss my fucking ass. All right. So no advice to the youngins, but that just like a, a statement on your career pretty well, much right there. No, I'm not the right person for the youngins to take advice from. <laughs> and I'm the first person to tell them that. I literally say... Go ask someone else. <laughs> That'd be a great T-shirt for so you. I leave, so I leave with a mission statement. There you go. Perfect. Well, I hope that you guys got that statement loud and clear here at Schwal Wars. And, of course, Skills, thank you so much for being able to join us once again here on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, where can we be able to find you on social media, any upcoming shows? Of course, we plugged off the top that you were going to be uh, doing commentary with, uh, unfortunately, that piece of shit, George Mackay, um, you know, yes. on February the 17th. Um, you know, I might have to jump in here and there to be able to save the day and, you know, give you someone to, nice to sift with, but let's well, be honest, well, you know, if, you know, if you, if you can detach yourself from Tarek's ass long enough to come, okay. spend some you know, we, we were doing so well, we were I doing so love, well, I love the chance to call the show with you, you know, if you could find time for the peasants, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, so you can catch me, uh, at uh, February 17th, calling the action for new frontiers, King of Combat tournament. Uh, you know, I, I have deemed myself the the official alternate. Uh, that doesn't come from the matchmaker. I just kind of self-appointed myself that uh, as the official alternate for the King of Combat tournament. So, you know, if you want to see your boy, you know, you might have to Nancy Kerrigan somebody outside of the, uh, the venue that day. And then, uh, honestly, next up on that, and I wish I had a solid date, but I will be going back over to uh, the States. So keep an eye out for uh, True Wrestling Underground. Uh, That's where I was last time at Spur of the Moment, and you will be able to follow them and see where I'm coming up in the States next. And then, as always, follow, follow that PWO website as well. Follow that New Frontier website. Those are the two in Canada that I'm sticking with the most in 2024 because outside of that, I uh, I got my targets elsewhere. Very nice. Okay. Well, I can't wait to be able to see what you do in your career. Again, I'm a big fan of yours. I think that you're one of the most underrated talent when it comes to not just you know what you do in the realm of deathmatch and hardcore wrestling but as an actual like wrestler itself and like the movements that you do and like the things that you actually you know can accomplish for someone like you know with your style and your size and whatnot and you know i do see a lot of that taz that bigelow kind of style uh when i see you taking bumps and throwing moves and that and you're one of my favorite competitors to watch in new frontier and i can't wait to be able to see you do more here in ontario independent wrestling and beyond so very much looking forward to that and i hope you get nothing but success uh for you in the future uh for us here over at schwa wars of course next week on the show uh it's kind of to be determined right now at this point we're we're running uh through a couple 
couple different ideas right now. So you'll have to stay tuned to all of our social medias, of course, Instagram and, of course, Facebook to be able to find everything that's going to be going on with the podcast. And, of course, go back in the archives, anchor.fm slash Wild Wars podcast. This man did an amazing, like I said, tier list, ranking the greatest ECW World's champions of all time. And, of course, was a part of our trivia night as well, which that just went off the fucking coop and handle. That was a whole lot of fun. So. Uh, again, uh, be able to check out all that type of stuff with us uh, here at Schwal Wars. So then, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Adam Hayes. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>